<laughs> this is the rundown. The Fab Four are finally back together. Happy Easter Day, everybody. Sorry we're delayed by about a day and a half. Wow, to your wait. Prince Philip has died. Our initial reaction and thoughts about that. The convergence of tech oligarchs and the canceling of Catholics is really accelerating. Who's going to be next? UFOs are back in the news. Don't know why, but they are. There's a reason for it. We're going to talk about that. And what's going on with Bitcoin? It's at $60,000 right now for a single Bitcoin. What is a Bitcoin? And why does that matter with respect to the fact that Pope Francis is now having meetings with the IMF and the World Bank? Janet Yellen was there. John Kerry was there. What is happening with that? And then finally... The big controversy of the week, it's all over Catholic Twitter. The battle lines are drawn. You are either for us or you're against us, is what everyone is saying on both sides. Who are the major players? De Mate weighs in. Christopher Ferrara weighs in. We've got a lot to talk about. This is the rundown. Let's get started. coffee mug um but i love even more your take on prince philip i mean you were saying uh off camera he's he's really art to history he's one of the links to the old way of life uh he is and so he's from greek royalty the the royalty in greece is a was always a complicated issue because it was after the greek revolution um and they finally secured their independence from the turks with uh you know a lot of european help so that the uh, the great oh let's let's get somebody to you know some royalty in there so they ended up getting uh, some German royal house to go in into, into Greece mm-hmm. which were at first were received but then the complicated politics and shifting ideas of a nation that's been under slavery for four hundred years and now is suddenly free was uh, you know it was very complicated to say the least so Philip is kind of the heir to that uh, particular dynasty and he fought for his country in World War Two. There, there's a lot to value and respect in the old noble virtues and things that as Catholics we kind of look to in old Europe and say that even even in the non-Catholic world, these are some very, you know, you know, positive things. But then when we look at where he's been in modern times and a lot of his more his modern uh, takes, he was a shameless eugenicist. And whether that's because that's just where everyone was going and he was kind of bred into that and caught up into that and the whole Malthusian idea that, oh, we need to do something to stop, you know, overpopulation. I have no idea. But unfortunately, he said some things that, that were, you know, not as respectable and noble as his as his uh, parentage and his, you know, his, his actions in the first half of the century. So, um you know, it, it's kind of a kind of a mixed reaction. I want to give the respect where respect is due, but on the other hand, uh, I can't let let it pass without noting kind of the negative stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I hate the idea of jumping on a bandwagon. As soon as somebody dies, everybody goes in and, and starts talking about all the bad and horrible things a person has done in his life. But it's hard not to note that uh, decades ago, Prince Philip was asked about reincarnation. He said, I know you don't believe in reincarnation, but if you did, what would you come back as? And the man literally said, I would come back as a virus, a deadly virus, to kill people because that would help in the overpopulation problem we have. Um, it's tough to swallow uh, an opinion like that, right? Even if, even though he does represent the old world and old noble virtues. Steve, I'm sure you have a pretty, um, pretty uh, harsh opinion about that comment. <laughs> Uh, you see it, what you see today, what's going on with the uh, uh, the main hot topic of the day, the uh, injections that a uh, pug could possibly, with uh, pathogenic priming, uh, take out a good portion of the planet. And nobody, apparently pro-lifers, so-called pro-lifers on the social media timelines uh, don't care about that part. Uh Really, it's just it's charitable, as I saw in a Notre Dame uh, article, to take the poke. Uh, but it's not charitable to tell people you might die from the poke. <laughs> but I don't get it. It's clown planet and uh, what is it? Weakness is part. Weak. Uh, war is war is peace. Inner is a strength. I can't remember the third right now from 1984. But yeah, we're living in a wow. weird, strange times indeed. Well, our, our condolences certainly to Her Majesty the Queen of England. Uh, I know they had a very happy and long-lasting marriage, and uh, the world does lament the loss of a royal, even if he is a heretic and a Freemason. That was a cool photo of him. Uh, he ended up uh, dressing like uh, one of the, uh, what do you call the guards? Movie. And uh, she, his oh. wife walked by just busting out laughing. <laughs> He was he was a jokester, a prankster. He was he he always said what he believed and what he thought, and he wasn't very very PC, and he ticked a lot of people off. <laughs> uh, I can relate. <laughs> okay, tech convergence. On some platform somewhere out the webs, all of big tech is going to gang up. On Catholic commentator whose YouTube channel was just destroyed for something that he was doing outside of YouTube. He wasn't even posting on YouTube about the things that he's working on. Um, this thing, same thing has happened to uh, James Corbett, LifeSite News, Last American Vagabond, even Catholic Drive Time, uh, basically kind of a Novus Ordo uh, uh, radio program. Uh, talk, um, Patrick Coffin had him on, and uh, they got a strike on their YouTube channel. It's happening here. Yeah, Coffin, uh, he's pretty much the only person that's, and uh, especially in uh, uh, professional Catholic YouTubers or saying like that, is uh, uh, putting on these conferences uh, with all these docs to combat the uh, nonsense that's going on. Truth Over Fear Conference, which comes out at the end of the month. I recommend people go to it. I don't care what you think about them. Uh, this is a fight that's a lot bigger in people's personal relationships, and you need to get some clerics uh, yeah. watching this. Uh, but anyways, yeah, he was uh, he got he got removed about the same time the the site come up, and at first I'm going maybe that wasn't the case because everyone was talking about that. Then there's articles out yesterday 
and about big tech being able to censor uh, for what you do on other platforms. Uh, TikTok has a thing on their website saying that they will monitor what you post on other platforms, and if they don't like what you're doing, they will remove you from their own platform. That What's happened with mm. Corbett was he got removed from Patreon before YouTube, and Patreon, he had zero, that's the number below one, zero, nothing, nada, on Patreon. All he did was use to collect money, mm. no content, and they removed him with an art, with the, the email saying, please remove this content. From this, from your other sites, it wasn't Patreon site. It was other sites they didn't like, and they went after them there. So they're not only taking you down; they're also taking your income away. Yeah, and, and it's not even it's not just Catholic personalities. I mean, we're zeroing in on some Catholics and some and some useful allies. But I mean, even politicians, like elected officials, who say things that YouTube doesn't agree with, are getting strikes and banned from YouTube. Um, these people know better. Yeah, DeSantis just yesterday had a thing come and get taken down because he uh, dared to strive off the three by five approved card and talk about children and muzzles. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, the science is ubiquitous on these subjects. The science, I mean, it's just universally ignored by the media. But every single random controlled trial on the, um, well, our coverings, and especially in, in the case of, of children, shows that they're harmful and and, and problematic and don't really confer any, any benefits. So, and, and there's tons of that. So that you look at something like DeSanti's being out there and uh, GooTube shuts him down. Well, and, and it was a, a particular woman, actually, that uh, has a BA in marketing and communications, but went to the right places, ticked the right boxes. So she's a CEO at, or not a CEO, she's like a marketing director at YouTube. And she's mm -hmm. the one who uh, got it all killed. Jeffrey Tucker had her LinkedIn profile. She's the one who decided to kill the entire press conference at YouTube. Um, the, the, the people speaking were actual doctors and scientists that don't toe the line. They don't say what the, you know, the, the people in charge want to be the consensus. Mm -hmm. And so they got shut down. And that's basically... Um, and I actually recommend, speaking of Corbett, you go to his website and check out a, docu a, a, little, a short little documentary he just did called Science Says, like uh, Fauci says type of thing. And <laughs> where he goes through how there are particular scientists that really want to make it so that whatever the current consensus of science is right now, that is dogma. And you cannot dissent from that. And if you do, you will be considered a terrorist. So yeah. Corbett has the breakdown of that entire article and, and links it in with different things. So um and you look at the, the wider context of YouTube, Google owns YouTube, all right? And guess what? If you think you have things, you have secrets, you have things you do that nobody would know, Google knows you better than your spouse, mm. you know, because you're running around with your fondle slab all day and uh, doing X, Y, and Z on it. Google is there. And it's, uh, you know, whenever you do any of these types of things, then all that data gets kept, it's analyzed, algorithms go over it. They know you better at this point if you regularly interact with anything that, that runs on Google or, or, or links in with Google or collects data at all. They know you better yeah. than your closest friend. 
even even uh, the words, the keywords that we've already said in this uh, video may already flag it. Even just naming people who have been banned from YouTube right. uh, could could trigger the you know the all knowing eye of Moloch. Uh, and you're right, you know, if you just if you talk about let's say you don't even own a dog, but you're talking about dog food and you're anywhere near your phone, suddenly you know Google's pushing you ads about dog food because they're listening to you. And they're doing predictive analytics on what you might want to do. Very scary world. Um, it's worse. I showed a video you last night. The guy's talking about how Amazon's coming close to uh, pre, pre. I don't know. I can't remember the word. It's sending you the stuff you're about to buy, knowing what you're about to buy. Somehow they got an algorithm for that. No, don't mm. ask me how, but they have proof about this. <laughs> It's um, about to get weirder. <laughs> it's it's about to get weirder, but I mean, I, I hate to say the c word, and I and um, I in fact, well, maybe I'll use what they call it in Vatican II. I won't actually say the c word. They call it in Vatican II materialism. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but uh, we're living we're living in an age of materialism, and I want to kick this over to brother brother Martin. I mean, it's like the three step process is to cut you off from truth and actual information totally inundate you with fake information and then and then psychologically to reinforce your uh, associations and reshape your cogitative powers uh, by by a relentless both uh, smattering of fake news and 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 to d totally disorient you and and cut you off from your identity that's what they're doing to us how can we fight back back to books Back to back to being old school, I mean the, the Christian faith spread precisely because I mean the Roman Empire had roads spreading everywhere. Uh, well, also um, I mean the marketplace in, in in Rome, the center of the Roman Empire, all roads lead to Rome. Uh, you you spread the Christian faith there, people take it back to them wherever they go. Um, it was it was a, a brick and mortar so to speak um, foundation, but today we've relied so much on social media, on mm -hmm. on videos on doing everything with, through technology, um, that we've given them this power to be able to censor us, first and foremost, because we want information easy, we want information quick, we don't want to sit down and read a book. Um, we insult people who self-publish books um, about topics like the principle of integral good, you know, so on and so forth. But this is precisely what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to publish ourselves, uh, so to speak. We're going to have to sit down and write and sit down and read and, and take this time. Um, and also again, go back to sharing the faith person to person. I mean, we I mean, obviously there's nothing in, bad about you sharing the faith through you, videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we got we have we can't we can't get away from the way things have always been. We can't get away from from sharing the faith with our family, with our friends, going out and meeting people, sharing with them how Jesus Christ has changed my life. Um, yeah, and just doing doing <laughs> going back to square one. It worked. It worked then. The old, the old evangelization, so to speak, it worked then. It's going to work now. The old evangelization conquered the world. The new evangelization has, uh, well, it's been <laughs> the worst, the worst springtime in the church. This is the if roof, this is the, the springtime in the church. Fire. It's like, it's like one of those springs where the winter never ended and it snows on Easter and then it's like really pollinated and then every you know it, you had a, a late freeze and nothing's blooming. This is this is a crappy springtime. And then things start <laughs> to bloom and then there's a flood. 
And then it's like yeah, then there's yeah, a flood and then a fire, earthquake, volcano. There are volcanoes happening right now. What a nice um, day out. <laughs> a little rain never hurt anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan Grant, Mediatrix Press. Why are there UFOs in the zeitgeist? Why is that happening uh, right now in the news? And what, why, why is that a thing? I have an absolutely outrageous theory that people are going <laughs> to laugh at. And in 20 years, you know, say, you know, yeah, I thought I remember someone was talking about this. And they were right. About <laughs> we can say I laughed at we it. were there. Um, but <laughs> any sufficiently advanced technology looks like magic. And to a mind um, characterized by a, a science fiction imagination as ours is through media and culture and, and even technology, even the, the manner of expression of things in the world is often through science or a science fictiony type of. Uh, conception and, and mood, right? So, you know, so things that in the past we would have called magic, now they call UFOs or whatever, at least in this, this context. And so, in my opinion, anyway, a UFO is just simply advanced technology that we can't comprehend because we, we've never seen it happen. We don't see it's working, uh, um, you know, things and whatnot. And the result is that, oh, well, it must be aliens. That, that's what's got to be going on here. And, of course, that appeals to everyone. I do not believe there are any aliens. Um, you know, I can't find it how it is even remotely compatible with Catholic Christology, let alone with, uh, um, you know, other things. I know people like to find aliens in Scripture and Ezekiel or in uh, Enoch and things like that. And, um, you know, and, and whatever. You're entitled to your own view of it, I guess. But. I th I just think a lot of it is advanced technology, and it w I would not be surprised to see secular governments fake an alien invasion as a, if they you know as a means of acquiring a certain degree of control. And and here I say, look, let's look to our dystopian science fiction for explorations and what kind of things happen. Um, even even Star Trek. I have a Star Trek Deep Space Nine. There was a threat from this new quadrant of the galaxy, and on Earth, there there's, there's Starfleet admirals that try to make a takeover of the Federation and turn it into a fascist dictatorship in order to protect it from this threat that they've largely manufactured off the fear of it. Right. So you know, so that's how that's how I kind of see it. You know, in terms of where this is all going, which again, I know everyone's going to say is outrageous, but look to War of the Worlds. Most of this country was convinced that Martians were invading and, uh, you know, getting, uh, and of course, there was convenient power outages at the same time to back it up. People really believed it. And so I wouldn't be put it past uh, anyone to try that again. And he flashed some images on TV. How you, you're denying these things exist? You know, it's going to try a lot of people's faith. I really think that's a possibility that may come about. Uh, what about the whole demons of the air thing? I mean, isn't I mean, I got a very all? strong flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> on a cloud at night, this thing can actually hit the clouds. Oh, look. <laughs> That's it. I mean, we're looking my, my for old, serious old answers only here, Cunningham. <laughs> the the whole reason the, the the bat flu came into existence is because UFOs didn't scare people enough. It didn't work. It had, it had to go to phase two. <laughs> Roger that. All right, we're gonna take a quick break here. When we come back, we're gonna be talking about the Bitcoin controversy, World Bank, and Pope Francis.
All right, what's up with Janet Yellen and John Kerry and Melinda Gates, the UNICEF, World Health Organization, World Trade Organization, the UNICEF, I mean, uh, WHO, all these people are meeting with Pope Francis, and Francis is telling them we need to build a global framework for all these things. Why is this happening? You remember, it was a month, two months ago, we talked about the Guardians and the Rothschild meeting that Pope, the Holy Father had with them and all that. It all goes back in the stakeholder camp. No, it was even more longer than that because that came out before Schwab's book that came out February 1st on stakeholder capitalism. And, and it's basically that in a nutshell. That WEF has a couple of uh, videos out this week on the stakeholder capitalism, if anybody wants to get a little bit on that without buying the garbage book that Schwab put out. But the Holy Father, oh. he had Cardinal Turkson, who's a communist uh, and a BFF of the WEF, uh, BFF of the WEF, uh, over the, north of the DMZ. Uh, anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, he's uh, the BFF of those guys, and they're going to, unfortunately... It's leading us to the slaughter on this. and I mean, Brother Martin, the recognize and resist position that a lot of trads hold, uh, it's generally the position of the rundown and many other uh, shows like it. Actually, there are no shows like the rundown. We're one of a kind. What am I saying? Okay. But it's hard. It's hard to hold the recognize and resist position when you got Pope Francis running around uh, making deals with oligarchs and the elites and the non-government organizations and advocating for a global religion a global <coughs> government a global this and that i mean if the guy is a is an out and out open communist freemason <laughs> enough that's a, that's a good question um i mean obviously recognize means recognize that he's the he's a vicar of christ he holds the office at least um of the head of the vatican state uh but to resist m meaning that when he teaches error through non-traditional means non-magisterially um to recognize it as air and, and to not follow along to not promote the things that he's promoting uh via airplane interviews all that kind of stuff whenever they're in contradiction to the faith um where do we draw the line <laughs> I, I mean that's always a good question almost every time he speaks he he well, I, no i, I guess go, he, he knows he can't ever definitively declare something contrary to the faith as dogma and I think this is precisely why he makes use of non-traditional means. He makes use of interviews with new newspapers and stuff uh, to say the things that he wants to say, to, to, to motivate people to think the way he wants them to think, to send signals to the episcopacy, episcopacy saying, you guys need to be in line with my thinking. Here's my thinking yeah. you know, via an airplane interview. So you guys follow along. If you don't follow along, I still have uh, universal jurisdiction to be able to make you pay for not being in line with my thinking even though my thinking is not magisterial it's not you know dogmatic i can still make you suffer for not thinking the way i think um and so that's kind of the hard part for for us lady i mean it's once it's it's easy to resist only because uh he doesn't control your job he doesn't you know that kind of stuff but for for clergy it's, it's a lot harder um you know as, as soon as you have faculties your hands are tied behind your back mm -hmm. um you can't publicly say things lest uh, a rich rahu on twitter uh, tag you to your bishop or whatever, saying, "Hey, look, this is what's going on in your diocese. How could this, possibly, you know?" I'm not saying that happened to anybody I know, but um. no, 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 no. <laughs> that's just a that's a pure hypothetical. But I mean, uh, uh, Ryan, I mean, this puts trans in a more difficult 
situation. I mean, it's, I guess what I'm saying is it's not as though the gulf between the traditionalist position and the springtime in the church has narrowed in these past 50 years. It seems like it's ever widening. What does that mean? Uh, what it means is we're getting to a point where uh, God is going to do something, I think. <clears throat> Frankly, I, it has to. It, it, or basically, there's going to be a persecution. There's going to be a period of doubt, uh, of complication. Uh, and as one priest put it in a retreat I heard a number of years ago, it's the passion of the church. And just as Christ's passion, it was bloody, even nearly unrecognizable. So the church is getting to that point where it's being bloodied and nearly unrecognizable. It seems to be completely conquested by her enemies. When you look at whom the Holy Father surrounds himself with, meets with mm -hmm. constantly, is no time to meet with faithful cardinals mm -hmm. that are pleading with him to help the church, which is suffering under his policies and his agreements, and he won't meet with them, but he's got time for every rock star, every superstar. And of course, these affected yeah. Freemasons that want to bring the world's population down to 500 million explicitly have said so, who support Malthusianism and eugenics and euthanasia and, 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 forced birth control where every woman is implanted at birth with an IUD that they control and turn on if your social credit score goes high enough to have a baby. That's Those are the people that the Pope is meeting with right now and pleading with them, of course, to regulate the global economy. So, you know, so I'm going to do two things. Let me read just a, a short snippet from uh, what the Pope has said to these folks. Mm -hmm. um, at least in the, in the first, he talks about some things that actually ring true, but... It's slight, but he, there's a sleight of hand going on here, at least in terms of whoever wrote this for him or whether he wrote it. I don't know. Uh, we cannot overlook the ecological debt, ecological debt that exists, especially between the, the global north and south, continued the Pope. We are, in fact, in debt to nature itself, as well as the people in countries affected by human-induced ecological degradation and biodiversity lost, he added. In this regard, the Pope said, I believe that the financial industry, which is distinguished by its great creativity, will prove capable of developing agile mechanisms for calculating this ecological debt so that developed countries can pay it not only by significantly limiting their consumption of non-renewable energy or by assisting poorer countries to enact policies and programs of sustainable development, but also by covering the cost of the innovation required for that purpose, unquote. So after all this stuff about how various people are being left behind because of the pandemic, actually it's mostly because of government's responses to the, the so-called the so pandemic, um, you know, then he goes on the ecological debt is tying right back in with Laudato Si. And it also ties in on the other end with technocracy. Right? And if you don't know what technocracy is, I really suggest you look into that, um, that, you know, the history of the technocracy movement, which is basically a communist movement that wants to have a technocracy of scientists, uh, doctors, the experts who run society. And you know uh, you you only get you only get one more buzzword in your answer, Ryan, before we're, we're stricken. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I hit bingo. <laughs> so actually, I wasn't sure how many words are now on the naughty. We got the uh, you, um, <laughs> you know, the Holy no, but do we want to talk about Bitcoin? But the Holy Father put in two. He, he talked about tutti frutti in there. I think he said God once. And didn't say anything about the church conversion, anything like that. No, of course um, not. And. And it go, this is all tied into the reset, obviously. If anybody, two working brain cells can see that happening. And then on top of that, when you get towards the last topic we're talking about, that this is all coming together into that. That's all connected to the passports. 
You have China that had digital currency come out uh, last week. First country to do it yet. That will come because because of the dirty germs. And you talked. We talked about that during the uh, uh, couple was about last end of last year, beginning of this year, when people were talking about banning money. You can't go with money. You have to have card only or use your dumb phone to to pay through things. You're getting used to doing that because it's going to get rid of that little paper stuff because dirt germs bad. And you'll only be able to do it through digital things. And you throw in the passport and you'll get what? Social credit. And then maybe you just don't get to buy groceries this week because you're not approved. You don't yeah. you don't follow the approved mandates. Well, OK, so uh, you said something wrong. Our next story, we'll, we'll go back to Bitcoin. We'll punt that till the end. Um, you talked about sterilization of people and the reduction of uh, the human uh, planet. We're sort of, th that that ties into what we're talking about, uh, the biggest controversy of the week. It's exploded online. You've got major bloggers. You've got commentators, influencers, podcasters, clerics. Everybody is weighing in this week, and the battle lines are being drawn. Now, uh, without going into the specific issues which would get this video flagged and booted, um, I've, 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 I've sort of written down a list of kind of who's, who, who's on what side. And, and so this will be maybe informative if you're watching right now and you're not on Twitter and you're not up to date in the current you know, wars about the Fauci ouchie. But on the one side, you've got Roberto De Mattei, uh, who is an, a, a noted professor of history and somebody that we all respect. I, I've, I've read his books. I've recommended his book about Vatican II to a lot of people. Very eye-opening. you got Rorote Celli. you got Steve Skojek at 1 Peter 5, Father Schneider of the Le uh, Legionaries of Christ, uh, the autistic priest. You have, uh, the, you have seemingly the CDF, seemingly the USCCB, J.D. Flynn, who was the former editor of Catholic News Agency, now the editor of whatever it's called, the pillar. Mike Lewis, uh, the leader of some weird sect called Where Is Peter? Um, and the Pontifical Academy of Life. Like All these people on one side are pro-experimental injection. And then on the other side, you've got Bishop Schneider, Bishop Strickland, uh, also the CDF, depending on which version of the CDF you're looking at. Also the Pontifical Academy of Life, depending on which document you're looking at. LifeSite News, The Remnant uh, with Michael Matt, um, Dr. Pilar Calva, Taylor Marshall, Tradition in Action, TFP, um, all four of us. Um, it's very, very divisive issue, gentlemen. And what what is causing the division... Uh, or what brought it to the surface was this article that you wrote, Steve, that we're going to link to, and I'm showing a picture of it right now, that breaks it down. you got Father Ripperger, who has a, who has a PhD, and, and, he, he's, and he's spoken clearly about this. And you literally have priests and bishops online who are attacking Father Ripperger, saying he doesn't know anything about Thomas Aquinas. I'm sorry, Father. What's your credentials? I mean, so... Uh, rather than kind of litigating the, the specific um, article, I think you need to just click on it. But, I mean, it's kind of telling on who's who's on which side, right? I mean, this is like, it's interesting. This somewhat also goes back to what I was saying earlier. That, I mean, we're putting a link to the article precisely because saying what's in the article could possibly get us all kicked off YouTube. No, it will. <laughs> you know, and so... We're gonna have to. Our persecution is a little bit of inconvenience. Rather than us sitting here and explaining what's on the article, your your persecution is having to click the link and, and spend a little extra time reading the reading the article. 
Um, this is our persecution. In the 30s, they suffered death, you know, at the hands of the communists. Here, we have to spend a little extra time reading an article. Um, but yeah, mm. go for it. This whole topic is good that's come out because uh, quote-unquote normies kind of got woken up by it a little bit. I think they overplayed their hand too quick. Uh, you even see states, Idaho, Nebraska, Missouri, Florida, Texas, Utah have all come out saying they're banning the passport. Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, and a couple more, they're, they're talking about the, uh, they're having votes going in right now to ban it. So far, New York and Hawaii, the only two states in the U.S. S of A to enforce it, especially New Yorkers. Uh, England has it. Ireland has it. It's waking a lot of people up to the point of, well, we had, I played something last week from Saudi Arabia. Um, they have, I mean, there it's, if people don't get their heads into the game here and stop worrying about who's going to win the NCAA tournament and the masters this weekend, and how's your major league team, the Woken MLB and, uh, the draft coming up and get your heads out of, you know, these games and think about what's actually happening to you. That's going to screw up your life for the rest of your lives and the lives of your children. Uh, it, it will be way too late. We have a, there's a chance to stop it in a sense, especially thanks be to God that the uh, state's rights have come back. Oh, glory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Steve, you're, you're the first one to note this, that it's great that Governor Abbott said what he said. It's great that Governor Parsons in Missouri said what he said, even DeSantis in Florida and your governor in Idaho, uh, Ryan. All that they're saying, though, is that this, the governor of the state will not issue these right. these fake uh, oppressive documents, but they're not really going to ban the use of these fake oppressive documents within their jurisdictions. Private companies can still use them, and many have already sure. started. There's a bar in Denver that now won't let you in without your fake oppressive document. Uh, show me your papers, you know, yeah. and nobody's going to stop that from happening. People, if after a while, that's why, I, yeah, I said that because uh, I'd rather have that than the government mandating it because then it's a blanket statement and it's going to be hard to run out of that unless you move from a state or move out of your, uh, just move. Uh, but now if the government isn't mandating it and it goes down to private industries, say bar moron over there is going to and do the, uh, and do this, do the pass, have the passport for you to get in or whatever the app to get in. Bar next door isn't. Nine mm -hmm. more times out of not, more people are gonna go to the one that isn't than mm -hmm. the one that is. <clears throat> and eventually that guy is gonna have to change or go out of business. So, you know, I don't want to bring up Darwinianism in terms of uh, business because you don't want to create a business to like uh QT, for example, their mission was to put their stuff next to uh Spinks gas stations to get them out of business. You want to work to build each other up in a sense, but in this case, they're going to do it. They're going to basically kill themselves. It's business suicide. Let them. They'll eventually go away. Now the problem is, is like the schools. Like they had a article with the schools in Florida. They're still going to mandate it. That shows that people got to get off their keister and get in the game at your locals. That L word again school district, get involved and they get on the councils and be able to influence this way. You just can't sit behind your key. The days of sitting behind complaining on a social media should be over long ago. <laughs> get off your butts and get in the game. You, If you want change, be part of the change. Got to show us, get some action, more, more action, less talky. Yeah. Ryan. 
<clears throat> I think there is because um, when you see that, you know, the, the, those who have lined up on the other side of the the Fauci, Fauci, the pro side, um, you, you see uh, interesting characters there that you would not expect to see: the SSPX, uh, a legionnaire priest, um, the USCCB, the uh, the current CDF and Pontifical Academy for Life, um, Rich Rao, and uh, the the Catholic left. Right, Mike Lewis and all these guys that are on the Catholic left, they're all they're on the same page with the SSPX on this issue. And, and a lot of other, you know, traditional Catholics, many of whom I respect and, and, and honor and they see it differently. And, I, you know, and I and I hope that eventually they'll they'll come by a lot of the information and so there's there's and make a change or at least you know, of mind on it. But there's two things that uh, stand out. One is, in my opinion, with certain groups of traditional intellectuals, there's this pressure that uh, of human respect we don't want to look too extreme right you see it in the sspx on things like pre-55 holy week well we don't want to look too extreme extreme by going that way that there's actually a principle that's being embraced by the other side on that and they're like well that, that's just going too far we don't want to do that yeah um and then the same type of thing on issues like evolution creationism um even broaching uh, certain other topics in uh, cosmology, even just admitting there's a debate there, let alone embracing that. Um, mm -hmm. you know, that that's too far. Well, that, that's a crazy fundamentalist. We don't want to be that because they want to go out and represent that. Okay, we're the balanced ones. We're, we're you yeah. know, the same. Well, ones. That's Except a great that point, right? World, I, I think that accounts for a lot of perception. Now, you don't believe in contraception to the world. That makes you an absolute crazy, raving fundamentalist wacko to believe what the Catholic Church believes on contraception. And if you don't believe me, get into some forum and try to argue with people, the woke crowd, on why birth control is bad. And you in the, you will be treated like some crazy fundamentalist living in a mud hole somewhere. It hasn't woken up to real life. So I, I don't know if the only reason for embracing a position is, well, I, I don't want to look like I'm too nuts. Sorry, you already do by the very fact that you are a Catholic. And if we don't stop this, don't forget, we mentioned the bars and things like that. Don't think that your parish won't have this at your look. They already have signups. Mm. What do you think is next? Oh, I mean, and that's that's uh, that leads us to, okay, people are being pulled out of parishes. They're being cited and arrested and handcuffed in front of everybody. Uh, for not displaying the outward sacramental of the COVID religion. The inward sacramental, or if not sacrament, sacrament of baptism of the COVID religion is this experimental serum, which they expect you to inject into your body. And, um, and I think you're right, Ryan. I think that's a very astute point that, you know what? Guys like Steve Skojek, who are otherwise liturgically conservative and politically kind of conservative, but he just doesn't want to seem like an extremist. It comes down to potentially, not reading his interiors, but human respect really does sort of lend someone to say, okay, when it comes to science and, and all those things, I'm just going to defer to the people in the white robes because I don't want to be counted among crazy radicals. You know, I, I don't want to be associated with the Kobe Institute, for goodness sake, right, you know? Whereas all of us sit here and say the Colby Institute are the only ones preaching true science when it, with respect to you know the creation of the planet in accordance with chapter. Notice Jack. he even said uh, you bring up Colby because they they call it Protestant fundamentalists by saying that. And what was 
one of the arguments for people that are questioning anything in the article, the original article that 1 Peter 5 put up, the father called that Protestant mind thinking, mm-hmm. Protestant mindset. So actually using this thing in, in between your ears that the good Lord gave you and questioning what's going on is now Protestant mindset versus yeah, I mean, Steve, shut you, up and obey, you, which is cultist. This morning, this morning on our on a group text that you got that we're both in, you were called a Protestant merely for stating your opinion about this uh, this experimental elixir um watch this video though uh, here's a quick video of, of of a uh of a pastor unfortunately he's not a catholic i wish so badly he were a catholic priest the uh, gestapo entered the church to try to shut it down uh because people aren't wearing their outward sacramentals and he literally chases them out here we go please get out get out of this property immediately get out Get out of this property immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property immediately. I don't want to hear a word. Out. Out. Out of this property immediately until you come back with a warrant. Out. 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 Out of this property immediately out. Immediately go out and don't come back. Don't, I don't want to talk to you. Not a word. Out of this pro- out of this property immediately. Out. I don't care what you have to say. Out. Out. Out of this property. Out. Out. Gestapo is not allowed here. Immediately, Gestapo is not allowed. Out. Do you understand English? Get out of this property. Go. So go. Go. And don't come back without a warrant. Out. Out. You understand? Seas are not welcome here. Out. And don't come back without a warrant. Do not come back without a warrant. You understand that? You're not welcome here. Nazis are not welcome here. Gestapo is not welcome here. Do not come back, you see psychopaths. Unbelievable, sick, evil people. Intimidating people in a church during the Passover. I mean, guys, imagine if we had one priest. One <laughs> priest. Willing I, got to do- something, I got something on that that ties into Baltimore. I don't know if you guys heard about this. But all right, he's, the guy's a parody. He has nobody above him. He is his own authority. So he has zero risk at doing that. No one's going to shut him down. No one's going to move him away. No one. He, he don't have the bishops coming down to slam him down or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So he's got that freedom to do to just blow that blow out of the water like that in video at the same time. <clears throat> what we need because the orders order priests can't do that because they will get kicked out. I know one per, one parish that's yay close to being shut down by the Maryland uh, Maryland State uh, uh, their Health Department. One right. more strike, they send they're gone. <laughs> Baltimore ended uh, citations for indecent exposure, drug sales, <laughs> like drugs on the street, and prostitution. So literally, you can indecently expose yourself in the middle of the street, buying a, pro- a prostitute while selling drugs, and you'll get no reprimand. But if you don't wear the, uh, how would you say, the uh, the 
the, the muzzle no, over your face. You'll have cops standing in front of you with body cameras before you walk into the St. Alphonsus uh, Parish. Now, tell me what planet does that make any rational sense in that thing? No, I, and mean, why I, I don't want to be... I don't want to be crude, but you can expose your genitalia, but not your face. <laughs> right. I mean, think Hooters, for example. They, anybody think about it? They're still dressing the way they are, but they got their faces covered. And no woman is upset about that? I mean, that, that should be the definition of what this is going on here. <laughs> going going yeah. back. Uh, go, go ahead, brother. I'm going back a second to those uh, people who think along the lines of trying to avoid the extremes simply for avoiding the extremes. Uh, early in philosophy classes, there's uh, there's a phrase that people learn is uh, virtue is in the middle, usually between two extremes. Um, like courage is between rashness and, and fear. Um, however, it doesn't necessarily a, a, apply to truth. Truth is truth, whether or not it's extreme or not. And people that avoid to take something that's that's applicable to to ethics and behavior and, and apply it to um, just realism, just reality. Um, and it's a misapplication. But what ends up happening is you, these people t take two extremes on, on each end and try to find something in the middle. This is actually in reference to something else, uh, to, to 20th century philosophy. And it comes from Hegel. And it's called the, the Hegelian dialectic. What is a Hegel Hegelian dialectic? Three parts. A thesis, a general idea. An antithesis, the exact opposite. And from those two... You push and you form a synthesis. The synthesis then becomes the next thesis. You then create its opposite as uh, antithesis, and then you create a new synthesis. But this is precisely what people, as Chris Farrar uh, referred to, to Bishop Barron as, as the Goldilocks, not too hot, not too cold, just right, um, are actually putting into practice Hegelian dialectics. This, this happens in, in ideologies, but it also happens in liturgies too, uh, a reverent novus ordo, so to speak trying to take a, a, a cross-pollination between the, the traditional Latin mass and Novus Ordo, what you end up getting is a new synthesis. This is all Hegelian dialectics. This is all the, the spirit of history, so to speak. Um, modernism literally playing out right before our eyes. This is what it is. So, I, And I think, uh, I think that's exactly what we have been describing as well, like lone voices in the desert, the four of us, during the Trump years, with respect to the Trump phenomenon, because... Yep. Uh, Trump is really a, a part of that synthesis, antithesis, synthesis phenomenon where he's a great consolidator that ultimately moves everyone to the left. All of a sudden, it, to be a Trumpian so-called conservative Republican in these United States means that you are for disorder at the top, uh, all the way in the cabinet, that you are anti-family, that you're okay with the alphabet people's agenda, radical agenda. Um, that you're protectionist, that you're for deficit spending, that you're for droning people uh, without cost. I mean, you, you just you, you go on and on and on and on, and all of a sudden you just kind of like look at it and you say, is that what it now means? Because it's the, it's the merging. Uh, it's merging. All right. Let's get back into, you've heard of the greenback, but have you heard of the goldback? Some people are now literally using pieces of gold uh, as currency, check this video out. The holiday season shifts from turkey to shopping. A new local currency is gaining traction in the pandemic. A growing number of small businesses across the state now accept what's called gold bags. New specialist Matt Rascone reports on how the currency works and why more people are using it. 
She wants the white marshmallow. From the moment you find what you want. And then we'll take a peanut butter chip. There's typically no question. Do you want to use your $5? What comes next? But for a growing number of small businesses across the state, there's a new currency on the table. I think we usually call it a complementary currency. Jeremy Corden is the president of Goldback. The gold is encased inside two layers of polymer. Protecting one thousandth of an ounce of gold for payment. The people that are worried about our currency losing value kind of look at Goldbacks as a backup. And another reason to shop local. We look at it as an insurance policy, basically. We're going to see how it works. Okay, so someone comes in and they, they pull out these Goldbacks. So what, what do you guys do with them? We have to know what they're trading for each day and then they would typically give us more than what the value of the apple is. On that day, one gold back was worth over $3. So I guess I would just give you three of these. Right, and I'd give you about 287 back. Since the start of the pandemic, people are worried and they want to be ready. Goldback can't make the currency fast enough. It's like working at a toilet paper factory. Corden says they're selling more than a million dollars worth of gold backs a month. It's not in the bank. You're holding the gold. Touching the currency sealed the deal for Micah Turner. Let's see here. Who now accepts the gold back as payment at his shop. It's like a way better than Bitcoin kind of deal in my mind. I mean, if worse comes to worse, it's, it's gold. Somebody will buy it. Times the amount of gold in a one by five, 10, 25, or 50. So this is, this is pretty revolutionary. And the gold back is large enough for a car repair and small enough to spend on what you want over the holidays. Matt Rascone, KSL 5 News. Matt, thank you. All right, so this is novel idea. This is a novel idea, but uh, this is ties into uh, Bitcoin. People are people are distrustful, I think, of the currency, Ryan. Uh, it's a fiat currency. It's based on nothing. It's divorced from reality. The government has the exclusive right to print the uh, the currency, the agency that makes those decisions is a so-called private agency. Its own, its ownership is is private. We don't get to know who those people are, but we do know that the royal family uh, has a major stake, as as well as some names. Where if I just say the last name, you might be accused of being an anti-something and kicked off of YouTube. But it's a it's a truth that certain families with certain notable <laughs> last names throughout history um, are shareholders in the so-called Federal Reserve Bank of the United States. That leads us to Bitcoin. What is going on with Bitcoin? So Bitcoin is essentially a completely decentralized currency that utilizes a certain technology called blockchain. Um, I am not the most qualified person to explain what blockchain is, um, and I'll probably make a huge mess of it. But essentially, so Bitcoin, it, its sources are a project of creating a series of puzzles. And that, that you have to solve algorithmically, your computer solve them. And the computer that solves it first is rewarded with a Bitcoin. They call this process mining for Bitcoin. So there's a limit. It's it can't be created fiat, right? It's in the, and as these things go, uh, the the amount of power it takes to even solve one of these these complicated mathematical puzzles is you know takes dozens and dozens and dozens of computers. So on the one hand, the average guy is not going to be able to mine for Bitcoin, but on the other hand, it's not being created out of thin air. There's a limit to it, and it, therefore it makes it scarce, and therefore, like with gold, for example, it, it makes it usable, except that it's digital. So now because of the encryption technology that they use, um, which is different than the blockchain itself, the blockchain just refers to the decentralized nature of it. 
Um, it's it's impossible to trace, actually, and it's completely decentralized. So government can't control it. Somebody can pay me in Bitcoin today, and the government has no idea what's been paid for. They don't know how to exact a tax on it. They don't know where it came from. They don't know the custody of ownership of that particular coin. Whereas anything coming out of your bank account, any payment like that, they know all the custody of ownership of the, of the money, you know, before and after. They know how much. They know what for. They, you know, you can easily be taxed um, and, and so on and so forth. So that's why governments don't like Bitcoin. Somebody was, you know, ex giving a presentation at the Federal Reserve when they first kind of discovered this, but the Fed was kind of incredulous and said, oh, well, we can find that because in theory, the Fed can find any transaction that's not cash, including your checks. So uh, so somebody paid for something in Bitcoin uh, with her phone right there in front of them. And she said, all right, find it. And they couldn't find it. Um, and so it, it, that's how it first kind of got on the radar. It was alarming to them. So now the very same technology that they use to make Bitcoin the government can also introduce a form of that that's controlled because it's a neutral technology blockchain. It could be, you know, some people think, oh, it's blockchain. That means it's safe. Well, you can create something like Bitcoin that's completely decentralized and the government can't touch. Or you can create something that is completely centralized, controlled and, you know, and is entirely digital, which means every last thing you ever do is known. Um, and that's the, that's the direction it's going. For example, the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Um, was in a, a, a like a Zoom call or something like this with the Bank of International Settlements, uh, you know, about uh, three four three months ago or so. And uh, so Mark Carney for the Bank of International Settlements was boasting about how they're going to control all these transactions. And he says, "quote If we see a transaction that we don't like, we'll just shut it down." And yeah. that's uh, you won't yeah. be able to transact business. So some lackey somewhere in Brussels says, hey, we're in the 21st century. Why are you people still going to midwives? You should be going to the hospital to have your babies. How dare you? He can shut down your payment in the United States to your midwife just because he is so decided. So that's, that, that, that's, a, that's, that's a the future that we're going that. to. And, of course, that's the future that the Pope seems to be welcoming and saluting. Yeah, and uh, it's not as though the church and the state are separate on this issue. Uh, I, I give you the Archbishop of St. Louis, who is so deeply tied in with the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis that they they have now taken to having joint weekly presentations together about equity, and because uh, it's no longer uh, equality. Equality is uh, is uh, America 1.0. Now we need equity. Um, let's go. Let's go right into our unpopular opinion segments for the week. We've already stated some pretty unpopular things. But I know that Steve is primed and ready to go, as he always is. <laughs> uh, as I told my wife, you know, she hasn't made the uh, belief to be able to read my mind. And I was going to say, stop. You know, not, I'm like, I wasn't even thinking. I think I was zoned out at the time you said that. <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I going first, I guess? Uh, well, I, I've called on you. You're supposed to go first, but you can go. We can go in another order. We can go to Brian. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> Um, dang, I wasn't ready. How about I'm brother? ready. I'm ready. Okay. Go ahead, brother. Ready. Ready. So we just spent like the last hour talking, preparing everybody the fact that we're going to this major persecution, mm -hmm. right? And life's about to get really uncomfortable. But through Lent, especially with uh, the Feast of Saint Joseph falling on a Friday, and then the question of uh, abstinence of meat on, on on Friday and the octave of Easter 
guys, we 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 can't go without a meal. We we can't go without meat. We we can we can feed ourselves. We can we can feast as much as we want. Yesterday, on Friday during the octave, eat as much as we want. Pig out, be on the couch. You know, have a slice of cheese pizza hanging on your stomach that you can't even reach. Um, you can eat all you want, but just you know, abstinence. It's Friday, abstinence. You know, we're getting ready to go into some extreme persecution, and we have people crying about having to give a bacon on a Friday. If you look in the history of the church, um, Dom Gary and Jay says, you know, fasting was, was forbidden um, during the octave of Easter, but abstinence wasn't, wasn't forbidden. And so um, I guess my, my unpopular opinion is quit complaining about fasting and abstinence on Friday. Just quit because things are allowed to be a lot harder and you're going to have to give up a lot more uh, comfort in these coming months in years in order mm. to be able to get to heaven. So brother, this is just, this is, this is basically nothing. Quick, quick brother, I, kept, I was getting texts last night saying, hey, how, how's the, uh, can we eat on Friday <laughs> going for yesterday? <laughs> I literally, dude, I get asked every single year on on Easter Day Friday, on, on, on various, hey, what, it's like, can people just decide what they want to do? And then just do that. Like, why is this a con- why is it? Does everyone is everyone have the memory of a, of a goldfish? <laughs> Here's the bar. The bar is down here. Literally, I'm touching the floor. Anything you do above that bar, you're good to go. It's just <laughs> it, it's one of those things. Here's a stick. Argue about it. Um, I made a, a, a Doctor Evil meme back at the for Holy Week, uh, where Doctor Evil says, you know, it's one of those memes where he says something and then the Colonel whatever. In those movies, shouts out, you know, do this. Or, so he's saying, "Oh, Catholics are settling their scores for Holy Week and try to focus on the Lord on, on Christ. We need something else to distract them. Let, let, let's bring up the pants debate again." And then she goes, "Switch back to pants." <laughs> and and uh, you know, I, I have a feeling that you know, Catholics are celebrating Easter and the Paschal Mystery. We need something to distract them. <laughs> Switch to meat. You know, that's the thing they, to get. Simply, you know, pick your principles. Don't break any actual positive law of the church. And don't just don't argue about it. Don't argue why all you people are being stuck up by not eating meat. And then and then vice versa. Advocate like brothers doing here to follow the tradition, do better. But, you know, you know, within the certain two limits, because there's a real legitimate sense where you can't be more Catholic than the church. That is, you can't, as an authority, pose a law that the church herself doesn't impose. But you can certainly advocate that maybe she should. And and I think that's the, that's where you just tone it down, relax. You don't have to have like ten thousand Twitter threads when you could be praying, you know, the, a decade of the Rosary for reparation for various sins that we commit all the time, and, and especially on Twitter and things of this sort. But you know, it's like say your say and get it done and pick. What are you going to do? It doesn't need to carry on forever and ever. You don't need to attack the treads. Treads don't need to attack you. Make your points. Pick your position to get done. So is that your unpopular opinion? I guess so, because uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> let it out. I actually did eat meat yesterday uh, <laughs> for Friday, but not because I think that brother's necessarily wrong or evil. It's something that I just look at. It's Easter week and it's in the glory of the Savior in and in his resurrection. And every day is celebrated. We celebrate it like Easter. But then the rest of the year, um, 
I fast Wednesdays and Fridays. And I do all the vigils and I do all the Ember days. And so it seems it, it, the, the principle where the, that you have in the new canon law, which is that any solemnity is yeah. itself a day that, that, gets, that removes right. abstinence. I actually like that principle in and of itself um, more than the, the way you had in 1962, which is any, it had to be a holy day and a solemnity, the equivalent, in order to, to release the obligation to, to abstain. Uh, the problem is they have that and you never abstain on any day whatsoever. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you, it's, 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 all, it's except the during no Lent, even half of those get abridged anyway for the slightest, uh, you know, finger prick. So, right. All right. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, Steve. Uh, I'll just guess I'll go back to uh, uh, resist. Uh, <laughs> do everything you can to stop this thing. Uh, we're risking. Uh, well, Mike and I both are risking our channels. Ryan is part of my channel. He gets a lot of publicity from there. Uh, brother, I'm sure you know they could do something to the the uh, like pay. I'm sure PayPal could end up shutting people down. Patreon will too. Oh, yeah. uh, so just putting your names out there, you're getting a target over you, and you're risking your to use the lines of the the founding fathers of the United States of America. Or your fame, fortune, and sacred honor. I mean, we don't have any fortune out of this, but mm-hmm. what little bit you get. You're risking it. So we're putting our necks on the lines for a lot of things. Uh, I'm doing it because uh, I look at that little guys and say, there's no way in God's green earth I want this to be for those guys. So I'm glad I'm around now for this to happen and not when I was 18 or 10 or not my dad doing it. So I'm happy about that because I'm getting a kick out of that doing this. I don't know why. It's one of those weird things about me. I'm, Love resisting junk that goes on. I'm a rebel at heart, I guess. I don't, <laughs> don't wear the muzzle. Do everything you can never to wear that thing again. Don't go out and just yell at people for not doing it. Just go in, smile, give a miraculous medal to the the guy at the de- at the uh, grocery store counter because they don't want to be wearing it, but they got to be. They're forced to. Be kind about it. Smile. Uh, show everyone your face. Show everyone you're not afraid of anything. And if they ask you to explain why. Show them some stats. Show them some facts. <clears throat> explain to people about, especially your priests, to watch. Say, like, the conference coming up at the end of the month with coffins thing. Get them to watch. There's a ton of people on there that could present a lot of info that they're not hearing because most of these parents are, parishes are ran by people with moolah. We don't have that moolah to get the voice of the parish priest sometimes. No offense to, to any priest. There are good priests out there, but that's how things get done. Money, mm-hmm. money moves things so you got these guys with money that are moving it to weirdness and what the broke people don't have it but we got the truth involved as for as full machine says we got all the truth but no fire they have all the fire but no truth we need that and he was talking about you know russia at the time we all need that we need both the fire and the truth to present it out there there's no time to sit on the bench get get in the game get in action before it is way too late all right, uh, I'm I'm going to try to win this week with the unpopular opinion, and mine is to make octaves great again. That's what we need to do. We need to make octaves great again, spe- specifically the octave day Sunday after Easter, low Sunday, Quasimodo Sunday. That is its name, period, end of story. There is no other name that you can possibly ascribe to it. As Dom Garamjay wrote, he is really uh, like the doctor of liturgy. He is the <laughs> liturgical master in the history of the church. 
you can buy his whole series. It's called The Liturgical Year. Um, it is the definitive uh, commentary on the liturgy of the Roman Rite. And, um, and if you read Dom Garam J, if you read it, he says that Low Sunday, Quasimodo Sunday, can never, ever, ever be renamed, re-altered, or repurposed. Okay? So, look, if Our Lady gives you three sets of mysteries, a pope can't add a fourth. And if Garen J says that a certain Sunday has a certain name, a pope can't add a whole new devotion and, and, uh, and, <coughs> and recreate what that Sunday is supposed to be. Make octaves great again. Grifter segment. Uh, who's grifting today? Anybody grifting anything exciting? Same, same thing every week over here. You're still trying to raise money for a house, for a new monastery, for the brothers. Uh, can we get $100,000 for Brother Martin Navarro's Please. order? Can we Please. start? Can we, can we get 100 k for the Oblates of St. Augustine, the yeah. only traditional Augustinian order in the world? Can we do that? Is that a thing? Come on, I mean, I think I think we can. I mean, we get plenty of views. I mean, if, if people were to donate consistently every week, I mean, we, in no time, in a, in a few months, we'd have... Enough to put down for a, for a, a house for for five. The way brothers, Mike so. was going, I thought we were going to have one of those phone calls. The operators stand by over there. There's a set of knives to get away, give away. <laughs> we should do a telethon. Can we do a telethon? That was a telethon. That's what I'm <laughs> there are, the number, there, right? are the there are screen. young men. There are young men around the country right now who are dying to pray. The Roman prayers, the breviary in Latin with Brother Martin, they want to chant. Give these young men the opportunity to chant. I got, I got two more inquiry, inquiries this week. You do? <laughs> I got two more inquiries this week from young men wanting, wanting to, to find out more about us. So, I mean, they, they just keep coming in. Um, problem is there's no room to put them in. So um, as soon as we get more, more rooms to, to house these guys and they can make their visits, all that kind of stuff, we can get the ball rolling. We can be all over the place. So, um, But first things first, we need, we need our own. We need our own property. So, Brian. Hello. Oh, your name's Chad. Oh, hey, Chad. How are? You? Oh, this Chad is willing to give a huge donation to you, Brother Martin. All right, we're set. Thank you, sir. All right, hundred thousand. There it is. Brian slash Your fake news. <laughs> Brian, what books are you selling? I this week? don't have. Uh... I don't have anything lined up for uh, General Grift. Um, just I'd recommend visiting uh, www.mediatrixpress.com. I'm working really hard on a project that's taken me far longer than it should have. Uh, some of that's, uh, I don't want to give excuses. I mean, did just have a baby, and that's mm -hmm. been tying me down. He's six weeks now. That's kind of lightening up just a little bit. Um, and so I hope this month, even though I said it was going to be December, then I said it was going to be last month. Now, this month to have a big announcement on uh, a translation coming out. What about those moral theology books by the glory? Um, I just started back on that finally after a long hiatus um, last month. So that's another one I hope uh, even, you know, a lot sooner than later. Um, and it just comes down to my editor is very thorough. I get a paperback. Uh, my new editor, she's very, very thorough. I get a paperback and, it's, I mean, some of it's just mundane stuff, commonplace, but, but also identifies things that are good. And and it's one of the reasons I went with her is I was tired of uh, very well-meaning people, even competent people, but who end up missing things that I really needed to get. 
so that I'd go out and then I'd read it again and I'd miss things. And book would come out with, you know, 10 typos and a couple of awkward statements in it. And I uh, don't want that anymore. So so this book right. will be far above the rest. I mean, it's easy to do in a 600, 700 page book or in a 400 page book even. Well, the but two volumes you have out do... already. Well, the two volumes you had already. It's, it's pretty hard. Or Alphonsus? I don't know. There's certainly going to be an error in there somewhere. But um, those were the people went over that were much more thorough. But those were a couple years ago. So this volume will be this lady that I've engaged to, to uh, do the editing. And she's very good, very thorough. So. It's pretty hard to find good uh, moral theology manuals in English, so this is a good place yeah. to, to buy one, Mediatrix Press. This is the, I mean, and Alphonsus Liguori's work is the most complete, really, in terms of what, what from that time, because he just goes through every question, and there, with the exception of modern bioethics type of things that couldn't mm -hmm. be conceived in the 18th century, right. they really cover all, and even there, they still cover principles that affect those things. But Alphonsus just goes in deep. He goes through all the moralists that existed in his time. He was even in the scholastics. There's really nobody he misses. And as um, Pope Pius IX says in his uh, naming Alphonsus the doctor of the church, uh, he says that uh, he had rescued the whole science of what they call casuistry, uh, that is looking at cases and applying the principles to cases from monotony and aggravation and made it relevant again. He made it you rescue that whole science. And Gregory the 16th that said, I think it's somewhere else I've said it was Pius IX. It was actually Gregory the 16th that said that you can go to Alphonsus and any question and use it in the confessional without looking at any other source but St. Alphonsus. Because that's how thorough he was on, on the matter. And in, in, in modern days like to portray him as a rigorous, but he was, you know, he was actually uh, trying to chart the middle way between rigorism and laxism it's just our age has gotten so lax anyone yeah. who tries to apply the slightest principle is a rigorist so. <laughs> i was gonna tell people to go to <clears throat> tumblr house and get some uh, cologne books uh especially uh <clears throat> pilgrim's uh progress and uh pilgrim's empire uh the popes and obviously his last one on blessed carl yes his, his yeah, last one on blessed carl is really great. good uh, I can't recommend it enough. I'm I'm uh, a big fan of it. And then also Puritan Empire, a history of uh, the United States. Fantastic. You're looking for a cure for Americanism. Oh, that was uh, enough. Yeah, I didn't get to bring up that. Hey, we, we it, Americanism ended today this week for a little bit. You see that? Joe yeah. Biden said he's going to obey what the Pope said. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike what JFK says. So for a week, Americanism died in the in the White House. We are we're a, we're a Catholic intro. We are crypto Catholic after all. This is the rundown. Let's get started. That doesn't make any sense. This is the rundown. Have a good week.
lähetyttävä vahti, mutta kyllä sen Eeva jutkautti, sillä ei meitä silloin kieltä kun myö mennään laajasta laetaan salivilla hippu tippu tappuu, ämpy tippuu hiljalleen. Ievan suu oli vehtenä sellään kuin immeset on ja toivotti. Pie oli märkänä jokaisella ja viulu se vonkuja voivotti. Mutta ei tätä poikoo märkyys laittaa silloin kun tanssii laajasta laitaa salivilla hippu tippu tappuu, äppy tippuu hiljalleen.